0: Welcome to Today on Broadway for Thursday, April 16th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamaneni. We're going to have one of those shows today where I run you through the news very quickly. Then we head into an interview. This time I talked to our good friend Oliver Roth about all of the craziness that has happened since the last time we talked. We get into a lot of different things about what's going on with the Broadway shutdown, what producers for shows that are currently on Broadway, and then shows that are currently looking to come to Broadway, what those producers are doing. We talk about what might happen with the Tony Awards and much, much more. So after we get through the news, we will get into that interview in just a few minutes. Let's start off today by checking in with Tony nominee Nick Cordero. Yesterday his wife, Broadway vet and celebrity fitness instructor Amanda Klutz shared another update on his status. She said quote, his blood pressure is better, dialysis is working, we've been able to drain fluids to help inflammation, we need him to wake up, they need to see him follow commands, also his right foot is not showing a pulse, but the wound looks better. Breathing is a bit fast this morning. Later in the day she updated again and said, quote, his heart and lungs are getting stronger. They are weaning him off the ECMO machine in hopes that tomorrow morning he will be able to have surgery to take the ECMO machine out. This would mean that his heart and lungs would be running on their own. Big win. We still need him to wake up. We're gonna keep pushing for that. So again, if you have been listening to us or following along with anybody in the Broadway community on social media, chances are that you've seen that they are singing um, either an Elvis song or one of Nick's songs songs at 3 p.m. Pacific time, he's out in Los Angeles, or 6 p.m. Eastern time and using the hashtag WakeUpNick, so we continue to think about Nick Cordero and his family and hope that very soon Amanda will be able to post an update that he has, in fact, woken up. Next up, yesterday we heard from the Actors Fund that the previously scheduled Ragtime Reunion concert that was set for later this month on April 27th will be pushed back to sometime later in the fall. Ticket buyers have already been given the option to keep their seats for the future event with a date TBD or to donate the funds to the Actors Fund or to get a refund. I am Just crossing fingers that whenever this gets scheduled for, there's at least one person who wanted the refund so I can get a ticket and I will be in town for that. Um, So the Ragtime Reunion concert is going to feature Otter McDonald, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Peter Friedman, and uh, so many more folks. Hopefully, um, I'm not sure if the rest of the previously announced cast will be able to do it or not, but we will wait and see once they finally come up with the new details. The Actors Fund and this concert in particular will be so important because yesterday we learned that even though the Actors Fund has raised more than $14 million, which is incredible, they have also received more than 10,000 financial assistance requests since the nationwide shutdowns began. On March 13th, as of this past Monday, the fund has provided nearly $4 million to over 3,000 individuals in need. And according to a recap of relief efforts so far, the funds raised are still 30% short of the estimated $20 million necessary to support the emergency assistance fund short term. Uh, Applications for assistance are up exponentially, with the Actors Fund screening upwards of 200 applications daily, up from 60 to 70 per week pre-pandemic. This is why if you have the means, whether you are watching um, one of the live readings, watching Stars in the House, watching anything of these live streaming things that are going on during the Broadway closure, if you have the opportunity to, if you have the means to, please make some sort of donation to the Actors Fund. It is put to fantastic use. Now turning over to things that are streaming, this is not necessarily one that's associated with, with the Actors Fund, but it's still a great one to watch. Yesterday, Joe's Pub at the Public Theater announced the next round of things that will be coming in their Joe's Pub Live free streaming series. Included in there are some things that I cannot wait to watch. On Friday, April 24th at 8 p.m., Shana Taub's uh, Joe's Pub show from November of 2018 will be streaming. And then on April 30th, which is a Thursday at 8 p.m., Alan Cumming, Legal Immigrant, which I saw at like a 12 midnight uh, showing back in June of 2018. Um, That will be showing. It's fantastic. It's also on Audible, by the way. But um, if you get a chance to watch it, he's such a great performer. I would absolutely recommend checking that out. Another thing to stream is coming to us from Chicago's Victory Garden Theater. There hasn't been a necessarily a date associated with this yet, but they will be streaming for two weeks their 2017 production of Fun Home. This is one of those shows that if you have not seen, even though this is not the Broadway production, if you have not seen it, highly recommend that you check that out. Once we get dates on the Victory Gardens Theater stream, we will let you know. Now on to our... Uh, Feel good recommendations for the day the upcoming Broadway production of the musical adaptation of sing Street has released a new music video for the song riddle of the model They also announced a new release date for their cast album first off about riddle of the model This was my favorite song in the film So I would highly 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 recommend that you check this one out It made me very excited to see this show on stage and then they announced their new release date is this coming Tuesday tuesday april 21st you will be able to get the original broadway cast recording long before there is actually a broadway cast performance yet uh but nonetheless looking forward to this one now this one is not necessarily a feel-good recommendation but i'm gonna recommend it because it's something that everybody is talking about the 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 bozos over at the new york times jesse green and ben brantley um, have a new article and i understand why they're doing these kind of articles there's theater critics, and there's nothing to critique from the theater right now, so their new article was entitled Six Tips for Listening to Original Cast Albums. To begin with, don't call them soundtracks. Okay, fine. Be pedantic. I'm not worried about that. That's important to some people, not important to me. But their six tips are do get the original cast album, don't shuffle, pause, or mutilate, do excise any dialogue tracks, don't read the liner notes, do choose your listening companions with care, and don't play a cast recording as background music at a party. I will have to tell you, I think if anybody listens, they know that my feelings for especially Ben Brantley, but also Jesse Green at times, too, are that I think that they are completely out of touch. I think they are often condescending, and I don't feel that their reviews really line up with where theater is today. This article confirms it even more. As I said to Ashley uh, in a text earlier in the day, I said they continue to increase their levels of all-out suckitude. This article, honestly, while there are plenty of things to be upset with the world right now, this was one of the most offensive things. It's just so condescending and so patronizing, and it just rankled me in so many ways that out-of-touch gatekeepers often do. I think Ashley might be having some thoughts of her own on this when she is uh, running the show tomorrow, but if you want to check out the cast album article at the New York Times, I'll have a link in the show notes. And then finally, the last thing I want to recommend is a, a video from the upcoming world premiere musical The Visitor, which was originally scheduled to open at the Public Theater last night, April 15th. In honor of that now vacated opening night, The Public has released a music video of Tony winner David Hyde Pierce and Tony winner Ariel Stachel in the cast of The Visitor performing the song. Heart in your hands. This, of course, is coming from the Pulitzer Prize winning songwriting team of Tom Kitt and Brian Yorkie, with a book by Kwame Kwai Arma and Yorkie as well. Choreography is from Lauren Lotaro and direction by Daniel Sullivan. Very excited to finally get this one back on stage whenever theater does come back. All right, thank you so much for listening to Today on Broadway. Before we get out of here, I'm going to send you into my conversation with Oliver Roth that we had on Tuesday. Take care of yourselves. Ashley will be here running the show tomorrow. So since this is the last time I talked to you before the weekend, not that weekends really matter anymore, but have a wonderful weekend. I will be looking forward to be back with you and talk to you on Monday. All right, I am joined once again by the great and the good Tony nominated Broadway and off-Broadway producer Oliver Roth. Oliver, how are you hanging in uh, during this quarantine?
1: I'm hanging okay, you know, like everyone learning, um, adapting. Uh, hopefully, you know, <laughs> hopefully for the better. But uh, you know, it's an interesting time. You know, when we first talked was like uh, I think two weeks into yeah. things, or like, uh, and I and I think that's when the sort of onset. What do we do? What is happening? How does this function? Like, started was starting to wear off, and I and now I'm. You know, I, I keep laughing to myself about how crazy it is that this feels like nor like normal life now. Um but yeah. I'm yeah. I'm hanging in there. Have you have you baked any bread yet or anything? I, I haven't. I've I've you know seen uh more baking bread baking than I ever thought I'd see on social media, but I haven't. Um but I have okay. been cooking more than usual. I found some things that I am good at cooking, some things I'm not very good at cooking. Yeah.
0: Alright, well, I'll hit you up for some recipes later. Um, but the last time we spoke, it was shortly after, like you said, the original projections for the postponement of Broadway shows was to come back on April well, thirteenth. We are talking now on April fourteenth. Clearly, theaters have not resumed performances. That is because last week the Broadway League announced that shows would be closed at least through June seventh. Now, Oliver, you listen to today on Broadway, and people, you know, listening to this now probably know my view on this um, very well at this point. I think June seventh is never going to happen. I think the absolute earliest possible way that this could happen, if everything dramatically fell off the curve right now would be after the 4th of July, but I don't really think that's realistic. So as I've said on uh, Broadway Radio before, I think September post-Labor Day is probably the absolute best option that we have in terms of getting things going sooner rather than later. You and I have texted back and forth about some of this. Are we on the same page? Or you, you think that there's more optimism, or do you think there's more pessimism and we're looking more towards January, which I think is actually, frighteningly enough, still a potential option?
1: yeah you know in in you know texting and sort of bantering back and forth with with you and various people in the industry i I've heard it all i've heard people who think it'll be much sooner people who think it'll be uh much much later. I think the reason for that is we're still very much in yeah. the uh unknown and and again you know and I said this last time we talked, we were the first. We, you know, sports and and big large theater gatherings, gatherings were the first um, parts of society to be banned, and I, I think that's a good indication that we're going to be the the last to come back. And I, I think one of the things that you know you're hearing just from people uh, in in any sector, um, is. You know, pe- people who were just um, more recently removed from their offices are wondering what does it look like to go back into the office, when and what does it look like. And I can't imagine that we are back in full force until we start to know that. So, uh, my my short answer is, uh, your guess is as good as mine. Um, the I th- one of the reasons I I think that some spotlight has been on the Broadway community is, you know, I know that uh, we had talked about this last time for very particular reasons having to do with um needing to negotiate contracts and figure out how an industry like ours closes down the Broadway League has been uh specific as to how long uh, you know, or when they are canceling performances too also just logistically you know you have to refund canceled Tickets, and mm-hmm. every time you do it, there it's just a logistical it caught co- you know, b- the workforces are already uh hindered from working at home and being co- like it, it's it's a big ordeal. So, I think that the fact that you know, we uh, the probably pushed from the April 12th to January, uh, June 8th is that what it was? Se- June, 7th. June 7th is an indication that uh. We know that it will be at, at the earliest June 7th. I agree that it is very likely that there are more postponements. Um, but I think, the you know again, not knowing exactly what, what the thoughts are of the, of the league, if I were making the decision, I, I'd, I'd rather call it too early uh, because at the end of the day, it's not uh, – you know, and this is actually what Cuomo said in response to, I think, uh, someone asked it. Like, Broadway is not going to decide when it comes back in a vacuum it's going to be uh health and 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 political right, like like officials who tell us that it's safe to come back and we don't want to shoot ourselves in the leg and call call a a date that is after that um and then have to sell tickets right. that we that you know that we just returned so this is my long winded way of saying i have a feeling we're going to continue pushing back this date but you know, I think the first extension, the first suspension was four weeks. Then it was eight weeks. I feel like you'll see another four to eight week uh, suspension until until we open. And I don't think there's ever going to be a time, even if it is January that we reopen. I don't think June eighth comes and the Broadway League says we're closed. You know, we'll reopen on in January. I think we're going to inch our way up to whatever the real reopening is.
0: Well, let's take my number of post-Labor Day, whatever, that September, whatever. The last time we spoke, you said you had been working on a formula to project how much money would be lost in terms of ticket sales and box office. I think it was like 140 when we were just talking about that month of mid-March through mid-April. If you project that through post-Labor Day, early September reopening, what do your numbers show the yeah. industry as a whole would be losing potentially.
1: So, so the it, the number is uh, about nine hundred and fifty million dollars, uh, wow. and again, that is just in lost revenue and lost lost grosses. So, uh, it does not include the fact that the actual expenses on a, on a production on the, on the production are going to. Change like some shows might have to retack Even the Lion Kings, uh, you know, sure. uh, shows. Um, you know, and I'm I'm not sure exactly what they're thinking, but I I would have to imagine that um, if you have all these months off, that it's and you have a full cast that is returning to work. It's not like replay you know, it's not a put in rehearsal. There's going to be added costs uh, there. There's going to be added costs to uh, you know ad ad campaigns um, and. Whatever else there is. The loss of
0: future income as well. People aren't buying tickets now for December because they don't know
1: what the hell is going on. That's right. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing is is we – maybe more important than when are we coming back is the question of how long before we come back will we know and how long before we come back will the public know. Um and I'll get back to that number in a in a second, Matt. But I, I want to I want to talk about this for a second because I I think it's uh, quite important. Which is that the 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 issue that our industry is facing, the new issue the industry is facing, is that a we are currently closed, right? Um, but for few for 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 the dates that we can sell tickets to, as of right now. Like every other industry, there there are, there are issues with selling those tickets, and that's that's twofold. A is people are concerned with their health, you know, whether it is a risk to their health if they if they buy a ticket for June, you know, their tickets on sale for June 9th, but is it a, a a you know a safe decision? And the second is the uncertainty, and the uncertainty is, uh, you know, if they're an out of towner, will airline will there be flights to get them into town? Will that you know will there be bans? But also. Will there be another ex- a cancellation? Um, because if there is another cancellation, why would they invest now in that ticket for, for June 9th or 10th? So that creates this, this challenge where, you know, I just had had said that I think we're going to inch forward to that date. We also don't want to train our ticket buyers to not trust our return date because that will make it such that until hmm. the curtain rises at a theater, we run the risk of of consumers feeling like, they can't buy a ticket without certainty that that with certainty that they are going to to be able to to see the show. So I do think that one of the big questions is at what point and how do we pick a date that we stick to and communicate that this is the date that it is safe and advisable now to make plans to be in New York at that theater on that date. Um, and that's that goes into what you were talking about about what after that nine hundred fifty thousand dollars of, of uh, nine hundred fifty sorry nine hundred fifty million dollars. In grosses um that would would that would be lost between uh Labor day or the the date we close in labor day, uh what I was just speaking to, which is how do we get people to start buying for that date of return will determine how much above that nine hundred and fifty million is lost in ramp up uh, uh you yeah. know in loss of ramp up
0: well and one of the things that a lot of the sports leagues are talking about is potentially coming back with lower capacity in terms of what their, their stands will hold. That is not something that really works for Broadway unless the theater owners decide to cut their rent in half or not enforce rent at all, which, based off the fact that there are reports that theater owners are still charging rent, um, I don't see that happening. So it's not a situation where you can say, we're going to cut the capacity of, I don't know, let's say the Schubert, um down from 1400 to 700 that's not going to really work because then you don't have enough money to pay the rent although maybe a different situation but you know what i'm saying like it's the the shows just don't have that yeah. much flexibility so it's going to have to be at a time when the government says you're all good it's safe and i just don't know if that's going to happen until there's a vaccine and i it, right. it, that's the thing that worries me is that we're a year or 9 months away from a vaccine and at what point do people feel comfortable enough to sit in a theater. And that's the big issue that I think we just don't know the answer to. We don't know the answer to a lot of questions, but at this
1: point. Yeah. Yeah, I I think also like the the sports, I think we are inherently different, different uh, industries and those sports teams, the, you know, my guess is that the cost uh, of instituting, you know, universal testing, if, if we, you know, to, to make sure that like the locker room is safe, right. Cause like a ba-, ba I mean, some sports are more contact and closer, but something like baseball, right. Like other than touching the ball and the bat, uh, there's a, and tagging, right. Like there's, there's minimal contact. Um, yeah. And whatever it costs them to relocate teams or whatever, like they probably can do. And they're probably gonna make so much money on, 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 you know, broadcast sales, so that's right. And that's where they make their money, anyway. That's right. that's the thing that to, people don't realize. Is, is yeah. that yeah, and, and right, exactly. That's where, So, but but I think one of the problems, and I've we've texted about this. One of the problems that I think we're going to have is it's not just about keeping the audience safe. It's also about keeping the people backstage safe. And you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's cramped backstage on a Broadway show. Um, especially and
0: people are making
1: out in shows, yeah.
0: and it, you know, exchanging bodily fluids. Like that's not safe.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think just be, because of the the re, the, the problems that we face versus sports industries and the uh opportunity costs and you know the cash at hand i th- i think that they might be able to to spend their way into solutions that we just can't afford
0: yeah and uh that's a a, a scary situation for broadway but it's even scarier for regional theaters and and stuff like that that maybe don't have the opportunity to get their message out as easily into as wide of an audience as Broadway will, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But one of the things that really interests me, and I have zero insight into this, is I wonder what the producers and the productions, as far as they can and as much as they can, what are they doing right now? Whether that's shows that were on Broadway or getting ready to come to Broadway um, this season, and they're kind of just waiting and biding their time, because we really haven't had Nearly as many shows say that they were canceled or postponing as I thought we would. But then also, what does it mean for productions like yours with Limpika, who had out of town tryouts and had intentions to come to Broadway? But this completely throws the schedule off that what are what are productions able to do? What are they doing right now? Is it just waiting like the rest of us? What what is the the calculus and the work happening behind the scenes right now?
1: Right. So I think there are two things for a show to do that is current, that is currently quote unquote open on Broadway. Uh, The first is waited out because uh, we don't know when, you know, when things will return to normal or in what way. And we also don't know, and I, and I know you want to talk about this in a second, what for a new show, what the Tony awards will be like. And, you know, we know that the Tonys are so important for commercial viability. So that's definitely a factor. On the other hand there's also just the hard reality of the of the finances and it isn't free to to run the show right now and so I think that there's a uh, a balancing day by day week by week of how feasible like is it time to cut our losses or is there a chance that we can sustain this and hold out until we get some clearer answers on when we can return what the return looks like what Tony's look like I think that's a balance. And and other than that, people are still as, you know, as uh, clueless as we are uh, for a show that's in development. I think it's the same. I think that the the only real new question here is and we already saw um, we already saw five or six production shift. Uh, you right. Know, you the profit yeah. schedule. Right. And um, I think the question for a new show is, you know, we're always um keeping tabs with the with the real estate landscape of Broadway, because if we want to produce a show on Broadway, we need to be able to have a Broadway theater. And that means there needs to be a vacancy of about the right size and of the right technical specifications for for our show. And this is completely throwing a wrench in what we know about Broadway real estate. I think you know, we talked last time about the fact that it is possible that some theaters that we thought were absolutely unavailable for the for a good amount of time may end up being available and also some theaters which right like if a limited run um if one of the limited runs that hasn't yet announced what they're doing decides to to just postpone their production to the fall then there's a theater that we thought would be available and now isn't so it really is going to change the that landscape and so uh when you talk about developing a show for broadway i think that whoever thought that they were going to be able to slide into a, 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 like a playhouse easily um, in the fall might not be able to. And some people who thought that they were, you know, waiting for, for something to to happen for, for a long running show to Peter out or, or for Tony's to go the wrong way for a show, you know, who knows what that means for for a show like that.
0: Well, you mentioned the fact that there might be some vacancies that we hadn't planned on. If you have a show that, is looking to come straight to Broadway, um, or could potentially come straight to Broadway. What do you have to be doing now to be able to jump on that opportunity, if and when it presents itself?
1: Uh, I honestly, the answer I'm laughing is the answer to all these questions is waiting at this point. Okay. Um, but I mean, do you have to have like make sure that you're lining
0: up your talent and and all of that stuff to make sure that you can say yes we want this and we are ready as soon as that is optional. yeah
1: i think the question though like for everyone is going to the question is going to be when and so i can line up talent for a september you know an october run and and that is certainly what some pr- pr- you know producers are, are, are probably doing but in the same time in the back of their mind at the same time at in the back of their mind they're thinking there's a there is a chance that this thing is either not done by october or that I can't fill the house with the same number of people as I thought I was going to in October, or I can't convince people to to you know come to New York and buy tickets or to spend discretionary income on tickets. So I think there's just an asterisk on every every normal decision that that is made. There's just an asterisk on, um, and you know nothing is the same after uh, an event like this. And one of the most important things for us to, as producers to uh, realize is that nothing is the same, that the rule book is going to have to be rewritten, that, you know, audience members may look very similar to audience members of the past, and they also may not. We talked last time about why that might be the case, right? We might, We might launch Broadway and have a season that is – um, for the first time, uh, in, in like, I think it's like 12 years, I think since 2007 or eight every year, the, um, international tourism, uh, sort of percentage of, of audiences goes up, uh, has gone up and we very well might see, uh, that drop for the first time in a long time, similar to ages, you know, there's, there's been this like block of, 20 to to 40% in the in the 55 plus range and that the 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 um the 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 younger age demographic has already been like sort of rising in the past seasons and who knows maybe corona is the thing that makes uh, that that shifts the tide so and everything that I just said could be wrong. right we could we could bounce back really quickly. Uh, there could be a vaccine that comes quicker than anyone anticipates. Airline travel could be back up. People could be craving you know people who are not in New York might be craving a visit to New York because they didn't get to spend their spring break here. And we could see a total opposite of the situation that I uh, just outlined where the people who we know love theater just, you know, are more determined to come in. Yeah. I, and and i think one one of the questions you asked me is is is, is you know what like what types of things to be to be thinking about and and i think the answer is to be imagining a world where any of those possible scenarios is reality and figuring out uh, not just uh, demographics but also um you know timeline right and and just knowing like you know if if we have if if you have a show that the intention was to open september on broadway or or november on broadway Figuring out plans B, C, D, right, and E, what happens if – because the the producers that do that, the producers that make those decisions now um, and use this time to figure out what their path forward is in various scenarios, are going to be the first to be able to react to certainty once certainty is re-established. you know established.
0: <laughs> We could all use a little certainty right now. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay. So you, we mentioned this and we kind of said we're going to talk about it later. But I want to end on – what could happen with the Tony Awards or the what we would normally think of as the Tony Awards? You and I spoke last time, we talked about the importance of having something from the Tony committee, whether that's an actual Tony Awards ceremony or some sort of big old long performance you know, commercial for Broadway, not just this season or whatever this season is, but yeah. everything playing... Um, I'm of the opinion that they've got to do something and I think, I don't think that they can, I, I don't think it's a good idea and I don't think there's probably going to be much of an appetite amongst producers to lump what was, you know, 11 months of the 2019, 2020 season in with the 2020, 2021 season. So I feel like we have to do some sort of awards modified as they will need to be, uh, at whenever we can. But then I also think we have to do something where there's just, Pardon the French. A shit ton of performances, a shit ton of stars, and do whatever we can to get Broadway in front of as many people's eyes as humanly possible.
1: I think that's right, and I think that the central question right now, uh, at least, is in terms of what I'm hearing and reading in the press about uh, this, the scenarios that have been suggested, is do those two things that you just said—the sort of award and the cap on. The previous season and the big celebration um of the theater which are usually one event um do do those get split up hmm. and uh what advantages in in this current time with these obstacles does that present and namely the the celebration is much more resource intensive right we we know because every year something like the drama league awards um is just a like uh, sit down dinner or, yeah. or or luncheon. So there's a way to do the honoring the season that is much smaller and might uh, adhere to social distancing, uh, you know, mandates, but the celebration of the size that you and I, at least, and, and a lot of the industry wants really requires us to be able to get people in a room, do big number, you know, rehearse, do big numbers. Um, and so, I think the quite I think as time goes on, the question of when do do each of those events happen? Are they the same? Um, but obviously, the 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 celebration really can't happen until a few weeks after. At uh, least, yeah. Theaters re- yeah. At least a few weeks after theaters reopen, and um, we should do this again because because the the name of 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 the game for my answers for this for for week four or whatever it is of the of the of the shutdown. Um, if we're even there yet, maybe four, what week is this Four or five, I think, um, yeah, 27, like the, the, I don't the know. answer, right. But the answer is we wait and see, and we can, uh, you know, I, and I know you have continued to hypothesize about what types of things are being thought about, but I, I'm, st- what has changed for me since the last time that we spoke is that I thought that Things were quiet, you know, like we hadn't heard yet about the Tonys because at that point we hadn't even heard that they would be post- postponed. That came a few days right. later. I thought that they were just that you know everyone was in panic mode and P- and people were just trying to figure things out and it was too early to talk. What has changed for me between then and now is I am now of the belief that those conversations are happening, but they but no one actually knows. Like there's just no. Uh, the decision makers don't know what they can or will do, and so any decisions that they've made can't say anything more about what the decisions are until there's certainty as to whether they will be legal or you know safe to perform. So I, I think the the phase of this that we are going to is just the utter climax of well, I hope climax. I hope it doesn't get any more uncertain than this, but. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh it's just uncertainty. I'm still, and I think I said this last time we spoke. Uh, just to give you my take on it, I'm in favor of doing that ceremony, whether whether it is also awards or not. And I, I it would be great if it were awards, just because any show that makes it through this um <laughs> this this you know this the shutdown yeah. alive is gonna need a you know, an award show where they get to do a performance and maybe win some, some awards to make it out, you know, make it out of, of the, the shutdown alive. And so I would love for it to just be for the same ceremony that we all know and love just happen at a later date and to just shift around the qualification timeline for both this year and potentially next year to, to make it work. Um, but if if the doomsday scenario where we're not open until close to a year or a year from now, then you know maybe it's bad, maybe it's yeah. better off for us to just do a Zoom Tonys and then June you know June whatever of twenty twenty one is our next go around.
0: Yeah, I mean if we're if we're not open until January, at that point just give the Tony Awards, make the announcement, send out the press release, do whatever you want. I mean, that's a different scenario, I think. If you, But if we can do it in the fall, I think it's important to have those because, like you said, those shows that are still going to be running, that are eligible, are going to need that. And I think the producers are really going to want to push for that as well. And I think that's the thing, too, is people forget the Broadway League is made up of producers, and the producers that are the most invested in this current season or whatever we're calling a season are probably going to really push to have as much of these decisions made to benefit their shows that survive.
1: Yeah. And, and what you just said is a, is a really important point, which is that the, the critical thing for the league and the theater owners and the, and the producers to do right now is, and I know, and I know that they are working on it is to come up with a way to get the industry back on track to, you know, to, to, no shows are coming out of this in a great scenario and there's going to need to be collective action to help get people back to the theater and and i think you know there was an early announcement that salt over over in london was going to be buying some advertising space on like uh, on the tube when, when we when when it got back up to promote and and the league is also working on a collective strategy uh you know, to promote Broadway, not anyone's show, but to promote Broadway. And the best tool in their toolbox for promoting Broadway is the Tony Awards. So again, I think that they are part and parcel. The exit strategy of the shutdown and the Tony Awards are intrinsically linked, and they cannot make a decision about one without knowing uh, the way it fits in with the other.
0: Yeah, and SALT that you mentioned is the Society of London Theater, the the basically the London equivalent uh, of the Broadway League. Yes. So, well, Oliver, thank you so much for giving us this information that is basically just wait and see. It's so hard to do that in our business, especially either the news business or the theater business. But uh, it is good to know that there are at yeah. least people working on things, even if we don't know what those things actually
1: are or will be. I'm glad and I, I hope you see, uh, see value in, in, in talking to me, even if my answer is repeatedly I, I, <laughs> that I don't know. I mean, it, and it, it's, it, it is. It, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting situation to be in, but it is informative to know that it's just unknown. I, yeah. I, I hope that if and when we do this again, that it's, you know, we're on the other side of this and, and we're starting to get an idea of things. And, and hopefully that can be a little bit more of use.
0: Yeah. Well, last question that I think you will know the answer to. Uh, have you gotten your refunds on
1: tickets yet? I actually have – I need to – I bought them at a few different places, so I need to make sure that the sums add up. But they looked right when I eyeballed it. But I did finally get the refunds back, which I was worried about because I – once they announced the next set of cancellations, I thought if I didn't get my refunds for that first set by then, it was over.
0: Yeah, I'm still waiting on some. Are you really? uh, Yeah, but then I have stuff for June um, that I have tickets for that has not happened yet either. So it's like a rolling – number of things that i need to get yeah you know five six hundred bucks back for so eh, whatever exactly it, it'll happen eventually if it's not just... we'll all join a class action lawsuit or something right <laughs> <laughs> all right well oliver stay safe and uh, i'm sure we will check in with you many many yep. more times before we get shows back on stage
1: Thanks, you too.